I hate it when people are at your house and ask, hey, do you have a bathroom? No, not at all. We shit in the yard. <laughs> Dumbass. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode oh, 333 of Under the Cull of MS. This is a normal Tuesday episode, comics and health segments. A little variety of comics today to talk about. Starting out with a couple Darkhawk comics. I got the Darkhawk annual number two, but I didn't couldn't bring myself to open it because it's still sealed in the original packaging with a Dream Killer super villain trading card with it. 1993 in it. It looks like it's got four great Darkhawk stories if you want to check it out. I'll read it if I get a second copy someday, but I just can't bring myself to rip this one open. I do want to know about the Stream Killer character, though. Uh, he looks pretty interesting. Looks kind of like a big green hulking type character whooping on Darkhawk on the cover. But we will check that out sometime in the future, hopefully. If we, I thought I had a couple issues of that one. One that was open, but we'll see. I may come across it eventually. But then we checked out the original run of Dark Hawk from the early 90s, 1991. We have issue 5 and 6 we read next. Issue 5 has a portal character that's kind of got same stylish, stylistic armor. Uh, as Darkhawk. And as usual in Darkhawk at the top it says, No one knows where the amulet came from or why it appeared in the ruins of the old amusement park. All Chris Paul knows is that when he grasps it and concentrates, he is transformed into a being of great power. And he has sworn to use that power as the edge against crime. He's still learning his new powers and still kind of hanging out around the amusement park. Hasn't told his family, his siblings, his mom about his powers yet. Uh, there is a hobo that knows some things about the armor that Chris goes back to the amusement park to find out. Some things for him. I mean, he's kind of rude to the poor homeless guy. It's like, you could settle down there, Chris, and the guy's trying to help you out, and you're just treating him like crap. That's uncool. But while he's doing that, this other character with this armor that, that Darkhawk has, same, same stylistic armor as him, but different abilities. Uh... We get to see who this character is and why he's coming after Chris and the interesting little turn on the tides and getting us deeper into what's going on there. And then we get into issue six, which just so happens to have Captain America and Daredevil. 
guest starring in this issue. Let's see if I can get it out of here. It's nice seeing the Darkhawk getting, I mean, with just getting his abilities so soon, he is treated to working with many other characters along the way. And we've seen Spider-Man cross over with them and stuff. And now we get to see Captain America and Daredevil jumping in on this one. Uh, this issue's storyline basis is triads. So you're dealing with some gangsters along the way and I come across some characters that are threatening Chris's mother and his family's in the way of some baddies that want to make them pay for some things that his dad has done. And I'm sure we'll cross over to finding out eventually about Chris and being part of the family and then someone's going to want to come after him for that dark hawk armor but while this is all going on we get the UFOs that just happened to show up and these are characters uh, one looks like a Johnny Storm type character and they're all looking for Portal the character from the last issue Because they want to take a portal down, and along the way, they come across Darkhawk and Captain America, Daredevil, and end up having to deal with them also along the way. But uh, yeah, we get some type of cosmic character, we get some type of misty chick, she's like got gaseous forms. We got an Iceman, Silver Surfer, really hulky looking character i don't know what he's all about and we got like a johnny storm type character that's part of their group uh it's fun watching these uh, characters all clash and watching them battle away and just dark Hawk getting in more and more with some of the other superheroes as time goes on so that's cool. As long as they don't get into the big argumentative storylines again. <laughs> like many of these stories do end up going those routes. But hopefully we won't see that with the Darkhawk character. We will see as we go. Now we jumped into The Incredible Hulk. The new run that's going on. We got issue number three in the mail. With a cool fallback cover is the one that I took. Bruce Banner has somehow managed to split the Hulk into three distinct parts. The Hulk's body has turned turned into a starship. Banner's psyche pilots it from within. The Hulk's mind. And the Hulk's psyche fuels the starship with his anger, which Banner harnesses by locking the Hulk in the engine room 
and sending escalating levels of opponents for him to fight. With the world blaming the Hulk for a mysterious deadly incident in El Paso, Banner pilots the starship Hulk through a portal to an unstable pocket dimension. But during his journey through the dimensional between space, Hulk is pulled against his will into a different dimension and discovers that his captor is an alternate reality Bruce Banner. That's basically what we're seeing here. And it's a little hard following the storylines sometimes when they're bouncing around between all the different forms of Hulk and Banner. And now we got New Dimensional Banner. And I'm sure we'll have New Dimensional Hulks and stuff with this Banner that we're dealing with doesn't have the Hulk ability, but the Gamma Blast that should have formed him into the Hulk ended up forming everybody else into Gamma-type characters along the way. Uh, But I still don't know how to take the banner in the Hulk ship. Whether I like what he's doing to the Hulk by keeping him in the back thralls of the ship in the engine room and messing with him to keep him at base so Banner can keep controlling the Hulk ship along the way. But yeah, it's we're getting a taste of what it's like to be on a different type of earth where mutated monsters are formed because of a gamma type nuclear war that went off and these gamma bombs were just blasted all over the planet. And now we're starting to see radiated characters just appear the only thing i don't like about what they're doing with this it seems like every one of the characters has a hulk face i mean not everybody that gets gamma radiated is gonna look like the hulk i mean they could they're just a radiated hulked up monstrous form of the character that they're formed from so i mean hulk's basically a beefed up banner I don't understand why these side characters that are Gamma Gamma Goombas, Gamma Gamma Radiated uh, creatures are all looking like the Hulk. And I, I don't like that. I I think that is a big goof up in a new style comic. I could see back in the day but nowadays, I don't understand why they need to go that route. I think they'd be better off just having a bunch of beefed up characters with different heads and shit. Um, instead of doing it that route. Alright, but still lots of fun. Still loving this run. Number three, Marvel Comics, The Incredible Hulk. Check it out. Then we got Inkblot. 
from Image Comics, number 15. I don't know how much longer I'm going to go on this. I mean, this librarian chick or whatever you want to call her, she's got way too much freaking attitude against this cat. I mean, the thing I do like about this issue, we do get to see kind of a little bit of a... Other characterization, standing up for the cat. Uh, we get to see them get teleported again into the clutches of some type of fishing clan that catches them in nets and gets some of these some of the characters. In trouble while at the same time we got the our little librarian girl has a new jingly bell collar that she's gonna get on the cat and she's just like here kitty kitty and she just like all pissed off at this poor cat and then she's all excited when she grabs hold of him and just yanks him and throws this collar on him and then the cat transport teleports again and takes them to this island of fishermen and that's kind of like on a water world and there's this one island and then while this is happening the big ship that's a floating city that crashes on the island with her relative or brother or whatever Villanov, I believe his name is, or something like that. But she sees him, and a bunch of things happen. There's a big battle between or Ilovanos or something like that. Ilovanos. Big battle between the sea creatures, the floating city characters, the land character, fishing characters, they're all battling away. And while at the same time, we see some more stuff with the cat going on, and the librarian, and it's just, the story is just getting to the point where it's like, okay, enough already. Like, either tell us what's up with the cat, or I'm done. I mean, 15 issues in, we still have no concept of where this cat came from, what his basis is, whether they want to accept the cat for good or bad. But, I mean, you could just cut everything else out from this story and just leave the cat in it. It would be more interesting than seeing more battles going on that the cat has to teleport people around from and save the humans and help them out even though they're still the whole time trying to strangle and kill this poor cat (laughs) get over it people he's just a teleporting cat for christ's sakes make him your pet and enjoy his abilities and let him help you out and protect you and not try and destroy the poor thing God, if I was this cat, I'd never go back to this librarian at all, or whatever you want to call her. I mean, she's just oh, so freaking angry. I do not like that group of people, but as we see, 
time and time again in all these comics and stuff is we see a lot of people that don't deserve to go on beyond where they have in time and yet they do because of the evil that they do and I don't know it's just went from a really good story to now it's hitting that overdone and overrun point so hopefully we'll see something I'm gonna maybe give it two more issues and if I don't get something from it then I'm probably done and the last one we're going to talk about is Lex Luthor, Porky Pig, DC Looney Tunes crossover number one. I'm assuming it's a one shot. I'm assuming every one of these are one shots. Uh, we basically get to see Porky Pig down on his luck. He uh, had something good going. was making tons of money. And then something went wrong and... Porky Pig just happened to lose everything. <clears throat> Excuse me. And now he's partnered up with uh, Lex Luthor, of all people. Uh, Lex Luthor catches him down on his luck at restaurant and invites him to become part of LexCorp's, Lex, Lex's organization that he's got going on. But yeah, you see, it starts out with Porky Pig basically doing a Bitcoin-style company with piggy buck-type digital money. And it crashes, of course, which and it's virtual money. It's virtually not real, and you're virtually spending money to get it, and real money to get it, and it virtually collapsed, which is not surprising. But while Porky Pig's trying to make it by by being a waiter at a restaurant, he just happens to wait on Mr. Lex Luthor and... Becomes part of Lexima, Lex Looper's, Lex Looper, Lex Luther's uh, new device that he's got going, a new computer device that basically uh, is recruiting a lot of white supremacists, uh, Nazi characters, and a lot of people that aren't very well liked on the internet, and they just happen to be. Lex's first main uh, supporters, and he's trying to build up his company. He wants Porky to bring in more, get in more supporters through social networking and stuff. And throughout this, uh, people's lunches start disappearing at, at the workplace, and Porky makes it his mission to find out who's doing it. And we get. Interesting little look at what's happening and what's going on in this world of rich business people and giant life-size, overly life-sized gummy bears and <laughs> people's lunch problems at, at work. And it's uh, 
it's a very interesting story. And at the end, we get a little uh, Lex's next appointment cartoon storyline with Porky Pig coming to Porky's like a door-to-door salesman and he happens along LexCorp and wants to sell them some supplies and he actually gets a meeting with Lex and Lex thinks that Porky's got things that are weaponry and not office supplies and He's got his little things going along the way, and we get to see Lex in a battle with Superman and stuff throughout this. And it's just a fun little story in the back of the book. And yeah, I like these crossovers. The characters kind of scary looking <laughs> when they make them more human esque from the animated forms, but uh. I will keep checking them out and see where these stories all go. But this was definitely an interesting look at two balding characters that <laughs> end up working together and do some interesting things along the way. But yeah, that's all, folks, for that one. Uh, I suppose we got a few minutes left. Let's talk about a few other entertainment things that we've dealt with lately. I did a rewatch of R.I.P.D. with Ryan Reynolds, Kevin Bacon, Jeff Bridges. A little, uh, kind of a Men in Black style movie line based off the R.I.P.D. comics. Uh, rest in police department. Rest in peace department. Uh, I enjoyed it way more than I remember. I think it holds up pretty damn good. I had a lot of fun with it. Ryan Reynolds is, it's amazing how many action films he did for a comedian back in the day. Uh, and still is doing them to this day. Kevin Bacon also with Tremors and all that stuff. Jeff Bridges has just done everything. Uh, but I enjoyed it. It's basically a men in black. Kind of like men in black without the suits. More laid back men in black style. Uh, Series run. Well, this was a movie, but you can get the comic books. I read maybe two of them back in the day, one or two. RIPD-related comics back in the day. I don't remember much anything about them. But I know I was always interested in stuff like that. And hope, kind of hope we get to see some new runs related to that come out in the future. And we do have a new Men in Black movie out there, so... Why not bring R.I.P.D. back and redo it and make it a little bit better? It would be a thing that I would hope to see possibly coming out. Uh, some sad news that we got this weekend was Howard Hessman was our next death in the line of many celebrity deaths that have been happening over the past few months. And uh, you may know Howard Hessman is 
Johnny Fever from WKRP in Cincinnati and the better teacher and the head of class, head of the class uh, school comedy run from back in the day series. But yeah, I love the guy. I liked everything, all the work he's done over the years. Uh, gonna miss him. Haven't seen him do much in many years. That that was a bummer. Wish we would have got to see him do more stuff. But lost another one. And then Oh. Well no, I don't need to talk about that right now. But uh we did check out the first few issues of Peacemaker. And of course, me and the wife love it. It's a great great show. <laughs> if you if you get a chance to watch it, check it out. Hoping to see more with Eagly in the first three issues and get to see Eagly his little Eagle sidekick. Do a few things, but not not a ton of stuff along the way. But yeah. It's it's a very interesting show. I will give it that. I didn't want to like it. I was not, not a fan of John Cena, but I'm getting dragged into liking the character more and more. It, it, it never fails. Every time a char- char- character or person drives me nuts, they end up doing a bunch of things that I want to like and have to check out because... It's something I would like, and of course, I end up liking the characters more and more. As we go on, Wanda Sykes <laughs> is a good example. She's grown on me over the years. Uh, lots of characters have, but John Cena, you did it with Peacemaker, the series. Didn't like you in Suicide Squad. Still hated you in there, even though you had your funny parts. Still drove me nuts in there, but now, damn it. Now I like him. (laughs) He's going to get screwed over in the series, I know it. I'm going to feel bad for him eventually and all that stuff, but but yeah. That's all, folks. And we'll get back to you right after this with some MS-related stuff, health-related stuff, right after this. I got a comic deal for you. Just send the amount of the donation that you want to spend, and you will get the comic shipped to you. Send it to PayPal at KevinTheDuckPool at gmail.com. Inside the U.S., for a $15 donation, you can get a Gemini box. With five random comics in it, for a $30 donation, you can get a priority mail padded flat rate envelope with 12 random comics in it. For a $100 donation, you get a priority mail medium flat rate box with 40 random comics in it. Comics are in fair to very good condition, may have been used on the podcast, may have never been read. International people... For a $50 donation, you can get a priority mail padded flat rate envelope with 12 random comics in it. 
and a $125 donation gets a priority mail medium flat rate box with a 40 with 40 random comics in it. Put a message in the notes of what your donation is for, and we will get that out to you as soon as we see it. Okay, the Purosaurus has landed. Burn up against the microphone. Uh, he's Mr. Lemmy Kilmeister has has come into the building and has plopped on my chest and is situating back and forth trying to get comfy. Which I don't know why. I got him in a nice spot. I got him all tucked in so he can't slide down. He Hang out while I podcast. Got a perfect position for him. Of course, he keeps moving around. Never happy. Uh, I think I talked about Garden of Life supplements before. They're supposedly one of the better companies out there that have the actual things in the products that you want. I've heard good things about them. I have not. I think I tried uh, turmeric from them but nothing else yet, but uh, you can go on the gardenoflife.com website if you want and check out. They got tons of different vitamins and supplements that you can get through them, uh, probiotics, protein, herbals, collagen, yeah, things like immune-supporting elderberry pills and all the different probiotic pills for men and women daily vitamins and all that stuff if you want to check out their website see if there's anything that can benefit you along the way uh, you want companies that you can rely on more so it's a it's good to have ones that have been given good reviews and I've just heard good reviews from I haven't tried it myself so enough to know whether or not I can back them fully, but eh, I'm putting it out there just because I heard things, good things. So. Alright, some things people should know about multiple sclerosis. What should we know? Let's see, explaining what it's like to live with MS can often be difficult and frustrating. Uh, they asked a variety of people What they wanted others to know about MS. And these are some of the things they came up with. Like MS can be unpredictable. The symptoms of MS ebb and flow. And most of the time you don't know how you're going to feel from one day to the next. And it's a snowflake disease. So everybody's different. So you can't predict anything. Uh, you can't sit there and have something happen a little bit and you're like, okay, well, this is going to bring on a relapse. You can't just predict that. It's, you don't know. You might have a few issues for an hour and then they could go away and not come back for a long time or ever. Or you could have a few issues and they could relate. Uh, they could uh, end up going into some other issues and then going into other issues. And then next thing you know, you got some major relapse and major exasperation or something going on. And 
then you got got to deal with that. Uh, whereas a lot of people will instantly go for those steroids that end up, in my opinion, doing way worse for your body than good. I mean, yeah, you're going to stick me in a hospital pumping me full of steroids for five days. Or I could sit at home for five days and ride it out and hope it go, mellows itself out and goes into remission for a while. I think I'll ride it out instead of sitting in a hospital getting pumped full of something that's going to destroy my liver, my kidney, or whatever, and cause other problems. I just don't understand why I'll hear someone in my MS group. It's like, oh, I just had this happen. This part of my leg went numb, and I went right to the emergency room, and now I'm in the hospital bed getting my steroids, my steroid routine for the next few days. It's like, why? Why Why would that why would that make you go? I mean, why wouldn't you wait until it was something that was severely disabling or causing you some major problems instead of something that's just, I don't know. I call them normal everyday things now <laughs> because I get them every day. Or well, not every day. I have the majority of my days, I have some type of issue of pain, numbness, stinging, burning, stabbing, cutting, ripping, uh, tipping, falling, all kinds of issues go on and on and on. But every time something happens, I'm not going to go run into an emergency room and get pumped full of some other type of things that could cause other issues. That's just not a good thing in my opinion. Uh, MS can be depressing. No shit. That's number two, huh? I mean, every type of chronic disease is going to bring depression with it. Uh, anytime you're not able to do what you used to be able to do, you're going to get depressed. And it's going to bring you down. You just got to find ways, different ways to live different ways to do things, uh, different things that you can enjoy doing. Don't focus on what you used to do. Focus on what you're going to do. <clears throat> Become your new person. Become your new self. Accept this freaking monster and just find ways to form yourself around it. I mean, I've been pulling things out of the woodwork from my past Things I did more in my teen and childhood years, and I'm making them something that I can do now and enjoy and hopefully make something from it. Make a little side cash, make some some money off it, but I haven't too, too much luck right now. I need more support on my podcast before I can get some monetization coming through my podcast. I need people to rate and review and get the word out there listen to this thing even though it, it's not that good but hey it's something to do <laughs> you can fast forward through things the cat is looking up at me while I massage the top of his head and his nose while he stretches out and 
rubs his claws across my throat slowly. <laughs> just imagining that day that he's just gonna rip my throat out and eat me. Yeah, he's thinking about that. And he's all falling asleep. Just had his four hour nap and now he's falling asleep in my arms. Aw, <laughs> oh, he's holding the microphone with me. <laughs> Pawing at it. Massaging it. Alright, what's the next one here? MS is not death. Or not a death sentence. It is possible to live a long, happy life despite MS. And no, we're not contagious. <laughs> yeah, it's possible. And the majority of the MSers will. But there are some that will struggle through a lot of it. And... Many of us will go through a lot of things that make life really hard to sustain, hard, hard, hard to get through, and MS-related things can cause other issues that can conflict with other things that can uh, pretty much make you feel like you're on a death sentence, make you feel like there's nothing left. That you're just going to keep going downward, downhill from this point forward. But you got to do the best you can to keep yourself up, keep your body going at its best, keep going as best you can. A little exercise, a little healthy eating, a little socialization, a little cognitive work in it, workouts, uh, keep your brain going. Uh, just get in there. It just sucks. You can't live life going day by day normally. We have to take into consideration all our doctor appointments, all our therapy, all our medications, our medication appointments, uh, some medications we have to have people put in us themselves and sit for six, eight hours uh, tubes stuck to you and pumping stuff into your bloodstream. Uh, yeah, your life's life becomes a series of appointments and disappointments and aggravations and everything else, but you gotta find ways to make it make it a better thing, make your days better, make ways to get through those days with a smile on your face and just make life with a chronic disease livable and somewhat still enjoyable. But do what we can. Alright, next one. MS can be invisible. Oh, cat's going down. He's fine. Oh laid back and started tipping off my arms. But MS can be invisible, yes. It's an invisible disease. You can't see the pains we're suffering. You can't see what we're going through. You can't feel how hard it is for us to move, walk, do whatever. And every day-to-day -day things that you take for granted and we're suffering with, and then you turn around and Tell us, oh, it's okay. I deal with that too. I know what you're 
going through. I've seen people have that. I know people with that disease. You look fine. Don't worry. You must be feeling fine. If you look look like you're doing fine. But it's not possible for people outside of the our realm to understand what we're going through. And they never will unless they go through it themselves. Even if they live with someone or know someone, they still do not fully understand what the concept of MS really is, living with a disease that has no cure. Once you're diagnosed with it, you're stuck with it. I don't care what you say. It's not long ago I had someone tell me, oh, I knew I knew someone that had that. It's like, they didn't have it. They have it. <laughs> and they had it past tense. They have it current, currently and are stuck with it. All right, next up. MS is a constant battle. Oh, no, yeah, no shit. It's that it is. So you never know one. It's not day-to-day. It's second-to-second. I mean... You can be walking down the steps, and all of a sudden, the next step you take, you can go tumbling. You can have severe pain uh, problems. You can have loss of feeling in a limb and not feel when you're stepping down on it or something. And there are so many different things that can happen at the snap of a finger. And there's no way for us to control it, explain it. Or whatever, we just have to deal with it and find our own ways to accept it. So I try and make a joke of it as much as possible. Just so people don't say something stupid that's going to piss me off. But then a lot of times they'll see me joking about something. They'll think I'm high on drugs or I'm drunk and that's why I'm tipping over and all that shit. Falling down. I definitely learned a lot about other people. I knew everybody was the majority of people out there pieces of shit, but having a chronic disease and people seeing how people react to it and how they treat you out in the world. Yeah. It's that itself is a battle dealing with people's actions and judgments and It's a waste of time and energy to try and change their mind or try and teach them anything about our disease. And it's just better to laugh it off and walk away. Just blow it off and ignore it and go on with your day-to-day activities in life and ignore as many of these haters as we can but and then the last one they have is ms has no cure which we already mentioned and it's common common sense uh well it's common sense for us everybody else think there's many that out there that think there is a cure think thinks we can be fixed but it's not true uh, one thing that's a relatable disease to ours that 
many people get misdiagnosed for is Western Lyme disease, or, well, Lyme disease, also known as Borreliosis. Uh, you'll see many people that finally down the line will get diagnosed with that after they thought they had MS. Uh, they'll find that out, which is, can be better, but can be a bad thing too. I, I got, I basically got the shaft. I did test positive for Lyme disease years back, but I've also tested positive for multiple sclerosis. I have both, both in the long run. Uh, hopefully my Lyme disease is completely out of my system, but who knows? Many signs and symptoms of Lyme disease are often found in other conditions. So diagnosis can be difficult. What's more, ticks transmit Lyme disease and can also spread, they can also spread other diseases with their Lyme disease. Like ticks are just a useless, nasty ass bug. Has no purpose in the world that I've ever found. Uh, I love seeing possums around my yard because possums will eat tons of ticks. They will just devour those things. So they're welcome in my yard as many as they want. They can just hang from my trees and pick at those damn things, keep them off me and my pets. But if you don't have the characteristics of Lyme disease rash, your doctor might ask about your medical history, including whether you've been outdoors in the summer where Lyme disease is common, and do a physical exam, lab test to identify antibodies to the bacteria, can help confirm or rule out the diagnosis. These tests are most reliable a few weeks after an infection, after your body has had time to develop antibodies. They include enzyme-linked immunosorbent assay, the ELISA test. The test used most often to detect Lyme disease. ELISA detects antibodies to, to be Bergdorferi, but because it can sometimes provide false positive results, it's not used as the sole basis for diagnosis. This test might not be positive during the early stages of Lyme disease, but the rash is distinctive enough to make the diagnosis without further testing in people who live in areas infested with ticks that transmit Lyme disease. I mean, I have skin conditions, so you couldn't see the right, the ring rash on me if unless you really looked for it and deeply and hopefully found it. But with my redness, skin issues, it would be hard to see the red rashes issue, uh, ring and stuff. Although the ring is pretty prevalent, we had a friend's daughter get it when we lived in Minnesota and you could see it the ring perfectly on her uh, they have the western blot test which if the illicit test is positive this test is usually done to confirm the diagnosis 
in this two-step approach, the Western blot detects antibodies to several proteins of B, Burgdorferi, which I don't know what that is, if it's the B cells or what. Uh, they use oral antibiotics or intravenous antibiotics if the disease involves the central nervous system. Uh, looks like a 14 to 21 day course of antibiotics is usually recommended, but some studies suggest the courses lasting 10 to 14 days are equally effective. After treatment, a small number of people still have some symptoms such as muscle aches and fatigue. The cause of these continuing symptoms known as post-treatment Lyme disease syndrome is unknown and treating with more antibiotics doesn't help. Some experts believe that certain people who get Lyme disease are predisposed to develop an autoimmune response that contributes to their symptoms. More research is needed, though. Uh, yeah. It's well known out there that they consider Lyme disease tests and if you have MS-related issues to rule that out, so... All right, how does MS affect the brain? When you got MS, multiple sclerosis, losing your keys or forgetting a name can be scary. You wonder whether the illness is clouding your thinking. Over time, about half of the people with MS can have some cognitive problems. That means poor focus, slowed thinking, fuzzy memory, etc., Often these problems are mild and don't really interrupt your daily life. It's rare to have severe thinking problems. They affect about 5 to 10% of people with MS. This story is bullshit. <laughs> Whoever wrote this, I don't know. I, just, I can pretty much tell you that more like... 90% of the people that I know with MS, which is a lot of people, have cognitive issues, and they are not mild. They are very annoyingly bad and repetitive and continuous and compounding. They'll stack on top of each other, and you'll have a variety of them sometimes. It's just, yeah. The clues that you have fuzzy thinking are often subtle. You might not notice them until a friend or coworker or a family member points them out. Struggle to find the right words to say. Forgetting things you need to do or tasks that you've already done. You find it hard to plan ahead or set priorities. You have trouble concentrating, especially when two things are happening at once. Uh, your doctor can make sure your problems don't come from the normal aging issues or drugs that may cause confusion, depression, anxiety, or fatigue. Um, there's memory exercises you can do on your computer, uh, brain training exercises, crossword puzzles, regular puzzles, word games, regular games, any type of games, video games. 
Anything that keeps your mind challenging is good. Reading's excellent. Keep your brain active and going. Uh, some strategies that can help you stay organized and make up for memory lapses is use a calendar, whether on your computer or your phone or on paper, to keep track of your schedule. Send yourself reminders of important dates. Make notes of things you need to remember in a notebook, on a whiteboard, or with a digital voice recorder. Use your cell phone camera to snap a photo of new people, places, and things. Email the pictures to yourself with a note so you'll remember them later. Which I really like that idea. Uh, put sticky notes around your house, office, and car to jog your memory. I mean, your house could look like a crime scene. Pictures of people and stuff, places all over the place. Tons of little sticky notes and stuff. It's like, your house could look like a... You're some type of psycho or something like that, but serial killer or something. But yeah, it's good for our brains, so help our brains keep organized. Organize your daily medicine in a pill box. Some have built in alarms that alert you when it's time to take your meds. Get a GPS system for your car and put an, an app on your cell phone so you don't get lost. Place a box or bin in a central area like the kitchen to store your car keys, glasses, and other things you often use so you always know where to go to find those things. You can also set aside a folder for important papers. Take your time. It's hard to remember when you're rushed or under stress. When you learn something new, take a deep breath. Pause and concentrate on it for a few seconds. Work on one task at a time. Turn off distractions like the TV, radio, and cell phones so you can concentrate. It's been proven people cannot multitask. Even though you think you can, you can't. Uh, there's no real medication. They have scientists are doing studies to see whether the drugs that slow the nerve damage in MS called disease-modifying medications, DMDs, and DMTs that we use uh, can help with thinking problems too, as they say, but I haven't had any that helped me out. Others are looking to treatments such as Alzheimer's meds, medications that may temporarily improve your memory and focus. So ask your doctor what's available, see if there's anything that can help you, and see if they can put you on something to try out if you want to do go that route. Now let's end this with a recipe for some gluten-free monkey bread. I've been wanting to try mon this monkey bread stuff. Always, it always looks good, but it can't be too healthy if you buy the normal stuff. So I wanted to find a healthier version and see if it would taste decent. I like the way that they're doing this one, but... Uh, Basically, for the pizza dough, do two and a half cups all-purpose gluten-free flour. You can use stuff like Better Batter, uh, plus a little more for sprinkling. One and a quarter teaspoon xanthan gum. Omit if your blend already contains it, if your flour blend has it in it already. Uh, two and a half teaspoons of baking powder. One and a quarter teaspoons of kosher salt. One and seven eighths cups 
Never heard of seven ace cups being used in a recipe before of non-fat Greek style plain yogurt. One third cup of lukewarm water plus more by the tablespoon as necessary. And then for rolling, you're going to need one cup of granulated sugar, one tablespoon ground cinnamon, a quarter teaspoon kosher salt, six tablespoons unsalted butter, melted. Then for the glaze, you need three quarter cups confectioner's sugar, one tablespoon milk, any kind, plus more by the quarter teaspoon full if necessary. Preheat your oven to 350. Line a standard 9 by 5 inch or smaller loaf pan with unbleached parchment paper, making sure that some of the paper extends over the edges of the pan. Set the pan aside. Alternatively, line a standard 12 cup muffin tin with liners and set it aside. To make the pizza dough in a large bowl, place the flour blend, xanthan gum, baking powder, and salt, and whisk to combine. Add the yogurt and three tablespoons of water and mix until the dough holds together well. If necessary for the dough to clump and hold together easily without feeling stiff to the touch, add another tablespoon of water and mix to combine. Turn the dough out onto a very lightly floured surface, sprinkle very lightly with more flour, and knead it with clean hands until it's a bit smoother. Using a rolling pin, roll the dough into a rectangle about one inch thick. Using a small round cookie cutter about one inch in diameter, cut out rounds of dough. Flouring the cutter as necessary to prevent sticking. Do not pack the dough or roll the pieces into a ball. Gather and re-roll scraps and place the pieces aside as you work. Oh. Okay, I got cut off. I tried to hurry up and get through the recipe. I knew it was going to happen, but let's finish it off quick. We got, next up, we got to place the granulated sugar, cinnamon, and salt in a deep, small bowl and mix to combine it well. Place each of the pieces of dough in the melted butter. Remove with the tines of a fork to allow access Excess butter to drip off and place in the bowl of cinnamon sugar. With a fork or spoon, toss to coat and place in a prepared loaf pan or the lined wells of your muffin tin. Which I like doing the muffin tin style, just have little individual cups. But if using a loaf pan, create a single, even layer of prepared balls of dough on the bottom of the loaf pan without packing them in and build up until you reach the top of the loaf pan. You may have some dough left over, depending upon the size of your pan. So press down gently on the dough in the pan. If using a muffin tin, pile about five or six balls of dough in each well. And then place the loaf pan on a baking sheet in case any of the cinnamon sugar mixture Leaks out of the loaf pan, so you don't get it on the bottom of your stove and have to deal with that burning, nasty mess. Uh, Place the pan, loaf pan or muffin tin, in the center of the preheated oven and bake until very lightly golden brown and the pieces feel firm to the touch. That should take about 25 minutes for the loaf pan and about 20 minutes for the muffin tin. Remove the 
Remove from the oven and allow it to cool for at least 30 minutes in the pan. Then make the glaze in a small bowl. Place the confectioner's sugar and one tablespoon of milk. Mix well until a thick paste forms. Add more milk by the quarter teaspoon, mixing to combine well, until the glaze falls off the spoon slowly in a thick but pourable glaze. Add milk very slowly as it is much easier to thin than to thicken the glaze. If you do thin the glaze too much, add more confectioner's sugar, a teaspoon at a time to thicken it. Drizzle the glaze generously over the top of the bread and serve it immediately. And it sounds good. Doesn't sound as healthy as they made it, make it out to be when I first seen the name for the recipe. So I have to do some things to change it up to make it healthier. But not, I always wanted to try monkey bread. And I just seen that recipe and thought it would be a nice simple one to try out. But, but yeah. Just another recipe for you, but but it but it but it but that's all, folks. Check out Crimson Color Comic Club. Check out Under the Color. Keep following Under the Color of MS. Tell a friend. Stick us on your friends' devices. Get us in there. Get us some ratings, some reviews, some followers, some subscriptions, some likes, dislikes, and we will get back to you again probably tomorrow with a Wellness Wednesday episode. I'll talk to you then.